quiz to see if you're eligible. Visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. ESPN 1420, KPEL Lafayette. ESPN 1033, K277DQ Lafayette. A Town Square media station. Santa's official arrival into Lafayette and Acadiana has been confirmed. The jolly old elf will be in town Sunday, December 5th to welcome in the Christmas season as part of the annual Sonic Christmas Parade. This year's parade begins at 1 o'clock in downtown Lafayette and will conclude in the Oil Center. There'll be floats, marching bands, performance groups, and of course, Santa. Speaking of Santa, kids, make sure you bring your letters for Santa. They'll be collected at the parade and sent back to the North Pole with Santa and his team. And as always, the Sonic Christmas Parade is the perfect opportunity for all of us to say thanks to those who have served this great nation in every branch of our military. And there's no charge for veterans to participate in the parade. And what a great way for us to say thanks to those who have given so much and to welcome in the season of giving, hope, and faith into Acadiana. The Sonic Christmas Parade. Put a reminder in your phone right now. Sunday, December 5th, downtown Lafayette, 1 o'clock. And Merry Christmas from Sonic and the helpful, happy Christmas people at Town Square Media. ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Happy to have you with me this morning, the day after, the morning after, the fifth consecutive loss by the Saints, the morning before the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. Oh, by the way, that'll be a Cajun field tomorrow. Dr. Maggard will be in at 8. We'll ask him about how the ticket sales are going with it. What to expect, a coaching search. Got a lot to discuss with the director of athletics or the VP of intercollegiate athletics over at Louisiana. Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, writer, analyst, podcaster, going to join me in about 20 minutes to talk a little Saints football. How much do you take away from last night? Was there anything last night that was truly surprising to anyone? Really? What about last night's game was actually... There was nothing about last night's game that was surprising to me. I said this week, I said yesterday, I didn't expect the Saints to win. I said Taysom's going to try to do a lot with, you know, missing pieces. He'll probably turn it over because that's what he does and that's what he did. And for three quarters, I'll be honest, it it was entertaining. To the extent that the Saints were kind of still in the game and Norman Lockle never admitted, but he was, you know, he was getting a little nervous. Yeah, I know he's listening. 
<laughs> and that eyebrow. <laughs> yeah, the Saints. Um, Saints lose to the Cowboys, fall to five and seven. And a lot of fans will say, oh, well, you know, they can get healthy. They can come back, maybe flip this five-game losing streak on its head, turn things around, and maybe they can do it. Guys, you could have had some some more players last night. And, yeah, Dallas pressured. I mean, they, they blitzed Taysom 23 times. Why wouldn't you? The guy's foot's half-torn, and it, you know, he looked like he had an old – the old splinch you get when you, like, hurt your finger playing basketball in, like, middle school. He had one of those big old – 1990s middle like, splints on his throwing hand. <clears throat> if you if you run the wrong route and you're about two yards short on every route, you'll you you he might hit you like in the between the numbers. But you know if you run the right route, chances are the short the pass is probably going to be short by like two yards. Michael Parsons. Trayvon Diggs, these young cowboy players, they're uh they're elite. They were really good. They were really good. Kenny Stills is terrible. And a quarterback's job is to not turn the ball over and Taysom turned it over four times. And he probably could have had a few more. Somewhat entertaining for a couple of quarters. I was on a uh was that a, I was at a, a holiday party. Watched most of the first half on my on this the nice, shiny, beautiful four inch screen of my cell phone. And then caught the second half at home. But uh we're gonna dig into this. Gonna dig into what happens next. And overall the takeaways from last night's performance. Nothing surprising though. Be real. Nothing surprising. Nothing surprising. We got Ross Jackson coming up at 7.20. We got Dr. Magger coming up at 8 to talk Rage UK's football, Sunbelt Conference Championship game tomorrow. And I believe we have a man with two eyebrows calling on the listener line. Let's head to it. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Oh, when Taysom Hill. Go marching in when Taysom march on in. Oh, what I love to be in that number, throwing four interceptions. Bow, 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 bow. Who is that in the background? That's, that was my background music. Uh, who is that in the background with the B? They have a better voice than you. Your voice is about as good as Taysom Hill protecting the football. Oh, he threw the most accurate pass of the night to my defensive lock and Wilkins for a pick six. I think that was the prettiest touchdown pass that Taysom Hill threw all night. Wouldn't you agree, Scott? It was right. He threw it right at his face. The most accurate pass of the night. Wouldn't you agree? Tell you what, probably so. Now, I just, I just have one question. Can we put to bed Taysom Hill as an NFL quarterback? Can we put it all the way to bed? Well, I mean, why, why, who, have I ever said that that thing was up and out of bed and running around? 
No, not at all. Not at all. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. If you want to talk, look, Taysom Hill is a good pro football player. He is not a good pro quarterback. I mean, that's that's that we didn't. I mean, that's nothing new. It's nothing new. No, it's it's really not. It's really not. But I'm just, you know, it's just all the 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 talk of Sean Payton bigging him up. You know, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed your Super Bowl last night, Norm. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I mean, you've only gotten to see the Cowboys beat the Saints four times in your life, and you got you got You got to savor each one. You got to savor each one. So I I I know you're enjoying it. Go ahead and enjoy it. I mean, I just I I just need all to Taysom Hill as a quarterback, Saints fans, just to apologize, Scott. Not to me, but to themselves. That's all I need. Like, I saw it from the beginning. I don't know what additional game film people had that I didn't have available. I just need all Taysom Hill can be a valuable starter in the NFL. Anyone who says that, I just need them to apologize to themselves. It's not even about the win or the loss. I just need them to apologize to themselves, Scott. I think I'm going to be okay. I'm just glad, you know, you're just, you're just, you're just lucky you still got that other eyebrow. I, and you know what? Small world, that's who pays that bet. Scott, you might as well put a band on him for a year because he's not showing up. He's not showing up. He calls you. You, you tell him he's not allowed to call on your show for, I, I wouldn't put it a year. You make a bet. You don't follow through on a bet. You're not allowed on the radio. That's how I look at it. It's a legit bet. Okay. It's a legit bet. Yep. Just that. And Taysom Hill cost him his eyebrow. But you know what? I understand. I I know I'm the bigger figure. I know people wanted me to, to, to walk around without the people's eyebrow. I understand. Well, I'm the man of the people, and the people need both their eyebrows. I understand. What, what, I, I, you're, you're, I'll just say this. Your singing voice is terrible. Terrible. And and the idea that you think saying, oh, the Cowboys beat the Saints without their head coach, like that was somehow an obstacle, you know that was a benefit for them not having Mike McCarthy. It was a, I mean, you, 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 I, I, I know, know you're enjoying, I know you're enjoying your moment when Mike McCarthy blows it in the postseason, Norm. Just, you know, just be prepared. Something just be prepared. that the Saints won't be in. Just be prepared. Okay. I understand it's a new era. This is a new era of New Orleans Saints football. And it's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And uh, I drive more thinking for you. Drive safe. You can't stop the rain. You can't stop the rain. Man, man. First of all, first of all, hearing him sing. Good lord. You're hurting me. Secondly, Norman. If you wanted to come on the show, you could have just. I mean. Just texted me. I mean, I would have put you on, but he calls on the listener line and just hangs out and prepares his prepares his little song and tune. I don't know who that is riding with him, but the, da, 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 that was it was a nice touch. It was a nice touch. When you're missing your left and right tackle, expect the team to blitz you and blitz you a lot. That's what they did. Dallas sent five or more pass rushers twenty three times as opposed to 20 times where they sent four or fewer. And no surprise, Throckmorton, James Hurst, someone named Jordan Mills? I don't, what is that? And then Cesar Ruiz all struggled. They all struggled. And 
Trevor Simeon, while he ain't good, I think he's I, – I still – even after last night, I still think if you're healthy, he gives you a better option at quarterback, if you're healthy. Like, you're not healthy right now. I mean, he, he would have – he probably would have been sacked about a dozen times last night. Honestly. Honestly. And while when Jameis Winston played earlier this season – Yes, they had more help on the O-line, which is which is vital. Let's just remember, they did have the same receiving core. And seeing what he did with those receivers compared to Simeon and Hill, I mean, I don't know if Winston will be back, but it's almost like his case is being made stronger each day. The Saints are going to make a play for Russell Wilson in the offseason, and then if they don't get him, they're probably going to bring back Jameis. That's what's going to happen. I mean, that sack that Hill took of Micah Parsons. Couple of game-changing plays. Kenny Stills letting the ball bounce off his hands, which led to a pick, which took points off the board for the Saints in the first half of a 10-7 ball game at the time. And Hill taking that sack early in the fourth quarter after his high, after his awesome play where he run and he hurdled and it's like the, you know, the good part of Taysom. The reminder that, oh, he's a good Pro football player. Not a good pro quarterback. Good pro football player. You can't take that sack there. You can't. And at some point this season, the Saints have to reach a number of conclusions about the future of this franchise. The injuries are context. The injuries are analysis. The injuries are worth pointing out. The injuries have to go into the analyzation of the front office. The injuries cannot be used as a reason to just say, oh, well, everything would be okay. That's not how it works. Analyze within it. The first half wasn't bad. Because that interception by Hill, you know, Kenny Stills split coverage. He was covered, but the ball actually got there. One of a few of, you know, Taysom didn't have a ton of, of, of really good throws. That was one of them. Knocks it up in the air. Very, very impressive interception by Dallas, by the way, to keep his feet in. But, you know, the offense was moving a little bit. Second half, no. No. Aside from Taysom's running. And Deontay Harris busting off a 70-yarder when Dallas's defense was not exactly in um, dog mode. And, and Deontay Harris got a 70-yard touchdown. Some would call it a cosmetic touchdown. You call it whatever you want. It was impressive. I mean, he showed off his speed. But the reality is he had that 70-yard touchdown at the very end of the game, and he still didn't reach. He still didn't reach. 100 yards receiving. Saints haven't had a 100-yard receiver yet this season. They ain't going to have one, guys. David, Josh, see the lines lit up. I'm going to get to you guys a little later, I promise. Ross Jackson's going to be coming on. Going to visit with him for about 10 or 15 minutes. His big thoughts. We're going to talk a lot of Cajun football this morning as well. You got the Sunbelt Conference Championship game tomorrow. Dr. Maggard's going to be in the house at 8. Looking forward to chatting with him. Get out to Cajun Field tomorrow, guys. Biggest game in the history of Cajun Field. 
Ross Jackson. What is the future at quarterback for the Saints? How do you analyze, taking into account the injuries, and also at times the poor play? I mean, injuries don't have everything to do with Taysom, you know, throwing the ball two yards in front of receivers or Kenny Stills dropping the ball. And the Saints defense, I mean, the Pollard run, that was frustrating because, you know, up to that point, they really had played well and they hadn't allowed, Saints hadn't allowed a run of, of more than 25 yards all season. And how about Marcus Williams like, oh, yeah, no, okay, go ahead. God almighty. Hey, it's Friday. How about that? Huge game tomorrow, Cajun Field. Don't go anywhere. Ross Jackson joins me next. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills. So they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th, they'll waive your new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Call 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. Insurance claims must be properly documented. Having the right attorney can make all the difference in the world. Spencer Callahan is the one to see. Call 465-2323. Primary office in Baton Rouge. Santa's official arrival in Lafayette and Acadiana has been confirmed. The jolly old elf will be in town Sunday, December 5th to welcome in the Christmas season as part of the annual Sonic Christmas Parade. This year's parade begins at 1 o'clock in downtown Lafayette and will conclude in the Oil Center. There'll be floats, marching bands, performance groups, and of course, Santa. Speaking of Santa, kids, make sure you bring your letters for Santa. They'll be collected at the parade and sent back to the North Pole with Santa and his team. And as always, the Sonic Christmas Parade is the perfect opportunity for all of us to say thanks to those who have served this great nation in every branch of our military. And there's no charge for veterans to participate in the parade. And what a great way for us to say thanks to those who have given so much and to welcome in the season of giving, hope, and faith into Acadiana. The Sonic Christmas Parade. Put a reminder in your phone right now. Sunday, December 5th, downtown Lafayette, 1 o'clock. And Merry Christmas from Sonic and the helpful, happy Christmas people at Town Square Media. This is Ed Horrell, founder of The Kindness Revolution. In my corporate talks, I like to reference a theory which scientists have been unable to disprove. And it theorizes that given the perfect atmospheric conditions, a butterfly flapping its wings in the United States can actually result in a hurricane in Japan. So when I think before you take even the smallest action today, remember that your slightest actions might change the direction of someone else. And to learn more, check us out at thekindnessrevolution.net. Light Up Acadiana 2021 is here. It's the holiday season, everybody. And between now and December 12th, we need you to share the photos of your brightest, most creative, breathtaking holiday light display. So dust off the old lights out of the shed. Light Up Acadiana 2021 is happening now. It is sponsored by Lafayette Limo and Trolley and Barry's Formal Wear. Light Up Acadiana 2021. See how you can send us photos of your best and brightest 
holiday light displays. And the winner will take home $500. Learn more over at ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. It's Light Up Acadiana 2021 by Lafayette Limo and Trolley and Barry's Formal Wear. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back in, everybody. If you're feeling a little down about last night's game, you're a Saints fan. Just put on some music that makes you happy, gets you moving. Have some positive thoughts. It's a Friday, you know? Surround yourself with positive individuals. People that can light up a room or a podcast like our next guest, Mr. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. Ross, thanks for joining us, man. Good morning. How are you feeling on this Friday? Hey, buddy. Good morning to you, man. Thanks as always for having me on. Always a pleasure to be here with you, man. I'm good. Thanks so much. So last night, um, where do you even start, man? I mean, it's this is a very broad question, but what is your what is your biggest takeaway? What was something you took out of last night's game that you feel wholeheartedly, I guess, cemented in, if that makes sense. Yeah, look, I mean, I think probably your biggest takeaway is going to be the quarterback position and that long-term, the Saints still have a lot of decisions to make there. I think you're going to see Taysom Hill as long as he's healthy throughout the rest of the season, which makes Taysom Hill the quarterback of now. But is he going to be the quarterback of the future? Or are the Saints going to have to work hard to find another answer there? And I think it's more so the latter than the former. Yeah, I think the answer is no. With respect to Taysom, I, I've I've said mm-hmm. for a long time, a long time, you know, year or two, I think Taysom is a very good pro football player. I don't think he's a very good pro quarterback. Uh, yeah, he was injured. Yes, he was playing through pain. Yes, they were starting backups at left and right tackle and left guard. And, you know, you say that, but then let's point out the left guard's a pro bowler and the two tackles are all pros. So, there's there's a big there's a big decline there and yes he's throwing to receivers who are um, below average certainly by NFL standards across the board maybe with the exception of Deontay Harris who can make plays here and there I mean how do you balance the I guess performance by Taysom with the injuries because on one hand you can look at the injuries and you could say it's going to be really hard for the Saints to win with this I think that's normal and I think that's fine but as an organization. You have to analyze decisions you're going to make in the future and moving forward. So where is that balance between, man, they, they, no team has a full deck of cards, but the Saints are, you know, they, they got dealt a two and a five. And, and they're, they, they have to go ahead and try to just bluff their way in Texas, hold them and hope they get really lucky. You know what I mean? Like, how do you balance that analyzation of injuries versus what you're actually seeing on the field? Yeah, I mean, look, I think you have to do a couple of different things here. I mean, there's sort of traits-based scouting that you have to look at in between this where you try your best to be able to find moments where you can remove 
all of those ancillary factors. And so when or what does what does Taysom Hill look like when he's clean before the finger injury and when he, you know, has time to look through and throw the ball and go through his progressions. And you can still see that he's a little slow to go through progressions, that he's still putting passes behind receivers. You saw that early on in the game when it came to uh you know an early throw to Traquan Smith as he was moving from right to left. And then you saw it late in the game with the finger injury when Traquan Smith was moving right to left or, or excuse me, left to right, offensive left to offensive right. And, um, you know, finding, seeing that you can, you can kind of see those moments there. I mean, that Taysom Hill still struggles to throw to his left, for instance, that he still holds on to the ball for a little bit longer than he needs to on certain concepts where, you know, the anticipation isn't necessarily there for crossing concepts over the middle, for instance. And instead you're, he's holding the ball and waiting for a receiver to be open as opposed to throwing a receiver open. So it's certain things like that, that you're looking for that don't have really anything to do with the target that he's throwing to, or the offensive line in front of him when he's kept clean. And then you're also watching, can he manage himself and can he manage under pressure? which is something that he struggled to do. And there was a lot of opportunity to evaluate that, particularly when it came to how much the Dallas Cowboys blitz last night. It was 39.1% pressure rate when the Dallas Cowboys blitz last night. That's really, really tough. And that gives you, but that gives you a lot of opportunity to see how Taysom Hill manages himself under pressure, regardless of where that pressure is coming from, or if there's an injury or an injured player that leads to that pressure getting there. None of that matters. If you can see where he is struggling in those cases, either when it's there or when it's removed, and it gives you the opportunity to look at the traits and see if there's anything there for you of concern. And then the other sort of second part of all of it is that, you know, when you talk about a quarterback of the future, a franchise quarterback, you're only going to be able to play with what you put out there and you need somebody that's going to be able to elevate a team. I mean, one, two years ago we were talking about, and of course now this is where you get potentially a little bit unfair because you're comparing to Drew Brees years, but we watched this team be able to overcome injuries. Now I know they have a lot out there. You're talking about a wide receiver, one quarterback, one running back, one tackle, left tackle, right tackle, left guard, one and a tight end one that you're down entirely across this offense. But when you're talking about a franchise quarterback, you're talking about somebody that's going to be able to elevate whatever it is that they put out there and Taysom Hill for all intents and purposes last night failed to do that. And some of it was on him and some of it was on the pieces around him. But either way, if you can't put a winning product out on the field, then it impacts where your decisions about what you're going to do at the quarterback position. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather visiting right now with Ross Jackson, co-managing editor of Canal Street Chronicles, host of the uh, Locked on Saints podcast, and um, does a great job covering the Saints. Check out his pod if you haven't before. Uh, All right, so Taysom kind of takes center stage with a lot of the conversation this morning. Um, On the defensive side of things, I thought Lattimore maybe had his best game of the season. Uh, he gave up some passes, but no no deep yardage. Uh, Quan Alexander was strong. I mean, the, the the unfortunate thing is obviously the big play by Pollard because outside of that, mm-hmm. I, I thought the defense did a pretty good job, and they hadn't allowed a run of more than 25 yards all season until last night. Outside of that one big play, when you consider – I mean, I know folks have questions about Dallas's offense, but there's no denying. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is, is explosive. Michael Gallup's going to mm-hmm. get paid in the offseason. Amari Cooper is 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 a, is a Pro Bowl wide receiver. 
Um, and Elliott's playing hurt, but he's he's he has his moments. Point is, that's a that's an offense that's capable of of big things. Um, yeah, they were missing coaches. I get all of that, but I, I thought overall the Saints defense, they're the one that is. If if you're not watching the team week to week, I think you could be a lot more harsh on them. But if you watch them week to week, now the Philly game was bad, and in in the Buffalo game. You're just, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're, you, you did good for a half, but with the offense giving you no support, eventually you just kind of break there. I think overall, if you're just looking at the defense objectively, I'm not saying they're, they're, they're elite and incredible, but I think if you had had this defense with an average offense, the Saints would be right in the mix to, to win the NFC South, and they'd certainly be you know, in a lot better shape in the playoff picture right now. So trying to take... I know it's hard to take positives out of a team that's on a five-game losing streak, Ross, but what is your analysis of the Saints' defense this season and you know some of the upcoming decisions they're going to have to make about a couple of players on the D? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that you have a defense right now in New Orleans that deserves an offense on the other side that's going to be able to execute when the defense gives them additional possessions. And you saw that in this game. You also saw that early on in the Buffalo Bills game as well in that first half where you know, they came up with two third down sacks, one of which that forced a field goal, another forced a punt, then two straight interceptions. And in this game, you have a defense that held Dallas their third worst yards per play this season, only 5.6 yards per play total. Uh, they hit Dak Prescott seven times, had seven passes defended, including the interception. Uh, and that was three of those passes defended came from Marshawn Lattimore along with that interception. Uh, Dak Prescott had his third lowest passer rating of the season, third lowest yards per attempt of the season, third lowest completion percentage of the season. This defense played an extremely good game in a game where Dallas was getting a bunch of pieces back, regardless of what their coaching staff looked like. They got Amari Cooper back. They got CeeDee Lamb back. They had both of these running backs. Tony Pollard is the best uh, running back in Dallas, and he has been over the past couple of years. And I don't know why Dallas doesn't lean on Tony Pollard more outside of the fact that they gave Zeke money. Uh, but, I mean, look, I think that the Saints defense played extremely well. They allowed 20 points in this game up against the number one offense in the NFL when it comes to yardage. And, you know, of course, you had the unfortunate pick six that made it 27. But in terms of what this defense did, they also forced two third and two three and outs in, in, in the third quarter, three more three and outs in the fourth quarter, and then also had an interception. And you turn those possessions into a field goal, two three and outs, and three interceptions on the offensive side. And so, I mean, you look at what this defense did consistently at the beginning in the first half of the Buffalo Bills game and throughout this game, in particular also in the second half of this game, where it really, really mattered. And the offense's inability to be able to cash in on those is what effectively did this team in. And now some of that had to do with some questionable play calls that ended up, excuse me, not play calls, uh, officiating calls that ended up factoring in. You missed a very clear helmet-to-helmet on Taysom Hill as he was sliding the weird blindside block, which might be one of the most curious play, which might be one of the most curious penalty calls I've ever seen in the NFL, um, one of them. And so uh, I think that there are other things that are sort of ancillary to all of this as well. But all in all, I mean, when you give up a pick six, when you, you know, force a bad throw to Trey Quan Smith that gets picked off by Trayvon Diggs, when you have another uh, interception at the defensive line because you're putting, you know, no touch on these passes, uh, those are going to be things that are going to do you in. And that's what happens when you have your first four interception game as a Saints offense since 2012. First five-game losing streak since 2005, Ross Jackson, our guest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now you're just really falling out of it, even with seven teams in the playoffs. And and you sort of – you could 
tell fans or analysts, well, if someone told you before the season that all this would happen and they'd still be in the hunt, like there, there are various ways you can look at it. I just, I, I'm just going to look at it in the moment. Right now, they're five and seven on a five-game losing streak. They're really beat up. I know some are still holding out a glimmer of hope that they could turn this thing around and and make the postseason, which would be an enormous accomplishment, all things considered, what's happening right now. And, yeah, I get that for their last five or against teams that, you know, if the Saints get Kamara back and they're all pro left and right tackle, they might have a shot against. And, and, and I don't even disagree with that in terms of if you get those guys back, how it improves your chances of winning those games. But the margin for error for this team, Ross, was already too slim, in my opinion, to begin with. And at five and seven, I mean, I, I, I don't think that this team is going to make a run to the postseason. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of the fans out there that are, I mean, you know, fandom, Ross, right? You deal with it. It's, it's, I feel like it's extreme one way or the other, right? It's either I still believe they're going to go on this streak and do it, or the Saints are going to be five and 12 and, and, and my life sucks and all this other stuff. I mean, they're going to, the reality is they're going to win some games here, but I, I don't think it's going to be enough to to really turn anything around. And, and I think they're, they're going to try to win, right? They don't have a – people that use the word tanky, they hate that. I mean, it, I think that can really hurt a culture. Um, mm-hmm. The Saints have, I think, a good culture. So I, they're going to win some games here. But, but as far as the postseason goes, I just I, – that, that, that ship has sailed in my mind. Where are you at with the Saints moving forward after, after last night with that fifth consecutive loss? Yeah, I mean, look, postseason is definitely still in reach for them. If they can find a way to go four and one over these last five, and they'll put themselves in the conversation with a nine and eight winning record, which gives you an opportunity within a bad conference. The NFC is kind of, you know, uh, chaos all over the place. Uh, but you know, uh, my my anticipation going into the final six games, which included the Dallas Cowboys game, was that the Saints would probably go three and three. You look at the three teams that they have left to play that have less efficient quarterback play than them, or have had less efficient quarterbacks than what they put on the field during their four game winning, four game losing streak. And those three teams were the uh, Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, and the Carolina Panthers. And so those are the three games that I expected them to probably be able to win here out of the last six. They might be able to steal that extra one up against the Atlanta Falcons at the end of the season. But, you know, the Saints haven't always been strongest in the final game of the season. So that has to do with resting players. But if it has to do with resting players, then you have a similar situation already when you're dealing with injuries, right? You're already down to second and third stringers anyway. And so, you know, as this team looks to get a little bit healthier here, maybe if you get Toronto Armstead back, you get, Ryan Ramchick back, Alvin Kamara back, Marcus Davenport on the defensive side, and that helps to maybe bolster you a little bit. But you also have to keep in mind that Deontay Harris is very likely facing a three-game suspension at some point before the season's out. And so, uh, you know, I think after a certain point, what we've seen with the New Orleans Saints throughout the season is that they're usually exchanging players, right? This this player is coming back, but then they lose this player, and then this player is out, but then they get this player back. And I think you're just going to see more of that throughout the season as they as they battle these injuries and have that upcoming suspension to the guy that was almost their first 100-yard wide receiver of the season came up four years short with um, 96 receiving yards with Deontay Harris. And so for me, uh, look, I think you have to find a happy medium here. This New Orleans Saints team is going to go out and they're going to compete every single week. They're never going to go to a place where they say, oh, we're just going to play for draft position. That's not happening. And so the New Orleans Saints are going to go out there and they're going to go ahead and continue to support their winning culture. 
if you talk to anybody around the league, you talk to any organization, people within the organization, players around the NFL, there's no looking at this New Orleans Saints team and calling them a bad team. Instead, the way that they look at this New Orleans Saints team is that they're an injured team that's doing everything that they can to remain competitive despite those injuries. And so there's a lot of respect for this team. There's a lot of respect for this team from itself. P.J. Williams talking last night about how there's no losers mentality in that locker room, and I think that's very important because you want to keep some of these players that are that you're going to have to work to retain, such as Marcus Williams, and you want to be a free agent destination because as much as everybody likes to talk about draft position, Draft picks are not guaranteed, so this is a team that's always tried to build itself through free agency, and I think you'll see that again this year. Ross Jackson has been our guest. Final question, Ross. Appreciate you taking the time. Who's going to be quarterback for the Saints next season? Oh, man, look, um, I think the Saints have to be very aggressive at the at the quarterback position. They have to go after every option that becomes available. They have to make a phone call if Russell Wilson is, you know, done in Seattle. They have to make a phone call if Aaron Rodgers is out in Green Bay. They have to make a phone call to get, you know, try to get Jameis Winston to resign in New Orleans as well since he was on that one-year deal, um, had the ACL tear, and didn't really have, by the NFL standards, a big, big contract year in the games that he did get to play out of those seven matchups that he was, uh, well, I guess you could say six and a half matchups that he was present for. And so I think that when you, when you look at it, I think that the Saints really, really have to exhaust all of their options. So the way that I'll say it is that my belief is that the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints next season will either be Jameis Winston or someone that is not currently on this roster. Russell Wilson or Jameis Winston, that's kind of what I'm feeling. I think they're, they're going to make yeah, a strong push for Russ, and if they can't get him, I think they bring Jameis back. And coming off of an injury and even even with quarterback play around the league, you know, I, I think it's it's still probably somewhat of a team-friendly deal, which, you know, may not be the best thing for Jameis, but I think it's, uh, I think it's one or the other. And uh, if it's something else, I would be, I guess, a little surprised. But I... I I think that's kind of their mindset. And then if they don't, you know, make the play for Russ, Jameis, he seems like the kind of guy that wouldn't, I don't know, he's so positive. I don't think that would really bother him if it's like, well, you try to get him, now you want me. Like, he's not he's not the kind of player that's right. going to sort of let that creep in his head, like, oh, well, I'm not sure I want to be here. He just, you know, all glory to God, let's go, I'm ready to start. You know, that's Jameis. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. And, look, I, I don't think it's going to cost a ton to get Jameis back i mean you're probably not going to get him on a veteran deal like a like a veteran minimum deal again this season but you know he didn't get the opportunity to put up huge numbers in the games that he did play he played well but he didn't have a 300 yard passing game these metrics that the nfl uses to say this is a top quarterback season those didn't exist for him i think for new orleans he had a really really solid season but in terms of what the NFL looks at as a top quarterback season, Jameis just simply didn't have those numbers. And I think that works in the New Orleans Saints' favor. That and him coming off of an ACL injury to where you have your question marks about any player coming off of that injury. So I think that he would be, you know, that that would be achievable for, for the Saints. But I do think that they should be very aggressive at this position and they should pursue some of those big names that might potentially come available this offseason. Ross Jackson has been our guest. Give him a follow on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. Um, shout out to uh, the late great Sam Mills for getting inducted into the Saints Ring of yeah. Honor last night. Well deserved. I know you love the Dome Patrol, and uh, as do I, and what they did for that team in the league many years ago. Give Ross a follow on Twitter. Check out his Locked On Saints podcast and uh, everything they got going on over there at Canal Street Chronicles. LockedOnSaints.com if you want to learn more. 
Ross, uh, all the best, man. It's great talking to you. You sound great, and uh, have a great weekend. Hey, buddy, you as well. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. You take care and stay safe. I'll be talking to you here soon. All right, looking forward to it. That is Ross Jackson. 39 after the hour. Billy Napier is, no surprise, the Sunbelt Coach of the Year. The Sunbelt Conference postseason awards, as they call them, we're talking first team, second team, third team, all Sunbelt, honorable mentions. We're talking coach of the year, player of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, newcomer of the year, freshman of the year. A lot of Cajuns on it. Not too many on the first team, though. We'll dig a little deeper into that. Dr. Magger will be on today. We'll talk Saints versus Mountaineers. Excuse me, Saints. We'll talk Cajuns versus Mountaineers. And, of course, more Saints-Cowboys. Open phone lines next right here on The Great Scott Show. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Purchase a $30 Buffalo Wild Wings gift card and you'll get a blazing bonus card that could be worth $5, $15, $25, or even $100. Give the gift of B-dubs. Get your gift cards at Buffalo Wild Wings today. Olivia from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Imani wouldn't be here if it wasn't for St. Jude. Everything was perfect until that day when she was five weeks old. That's when, you know, every parent's worst nightmare kind of came into fruition. So there was a fairly large and aggressive brain tumor, but St. Jude Children's Research Hospital gave us the ultimate gift in this world, which was hope restored. When, you know, me and my wife were here, there was not a single other care in the world except for Imani. St. Jude made that happen. And she's tumor-free now. She's growing. She's just a, just a happy child. The second we arrived here, we had food, housing, transportation, treatment, you name it. It was taken care of by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So the people who donate to St. Jude, you know, I just want them to know that I don't think anyone in this world or anything in this world has given me a greater gift. We came as two desperate parents, and they saved our daughter's life. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Standing at the edge of a rocky shore, you breathe in the cool, salty air, watching the sun disappear on the horizon. Across the globe, someone begins their day along a sandy beach, listening to the rhythm of the crashing waves. You each envision a world beneath the water, vibrant life in every imaginable form. Now, imagine it's all gone. 
What was once a place of wonder and beauty is now a dull, lifeless wasteland. Food, jobs, medicine, all gifts from the ocean, all gone. Time is running out to protect our oceans. And without our love, everything the oceans provide can and will disappear. It's our choice. Love it or lose it. Help protect our oceans. Visit World Wildlife Fund at www.org slash love. Alana was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and it's cancer. As a parent, when you're told this type of news, you're going to do whatever you can do for your babies. When we got to St. Jude is when I realized that, no, you're not going to get a bill for anything. I don't have to worry about it. They're saying we're going to help save her and we're not going to charge you anything. This is what we do. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com. And the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the show, mate. My name's Brian Kelly. I'm so happy to be here in Australia. Sorry. Uh, new LSU head uh, football coach Brian Kelly at the PMAC last night just kind of slipping into a southern accent, but, like, not a good one. I don't like that attempt at an Australian accent I just said. My family. What? Who is this guy? I don't know, man. Sometimes you hang around somebody and they're speaking a certain way and you kind of pick up on the dialect and you start talking like that a little bit. But it was yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Louisiana Ragey Cage of Football. It's hard to put into words what tomorrow's game represents. Charlie Long has a great story up on our website, Order Restored in the Sun Belt, App State versus Louisiana, and sort of goes through the, the recent history of the two schools and really the history of that, of the championship game. The fact that App State's currently favored on the road by three points over the 20th-ranked Cajuns. I, you know, yeah, the Mountaineers, they're... They want to be 3 and 0 in the championship game, but they're not they're not at home. It's a Cajun field. How are ticket sales going? What kind of crowd are they actually anticipating? We're going to ask Dr. Maggard that and more some reports of interview of of, of Michael Desimo for the head coaching spot. I doubt Maggard will say a single thing in regards to the coaching, but I have to ask but the coach right now is Billy Napier for at least another day. And 
And then Sunday, he'll be announced officially in Gainesville. And I know he wants to be announced as the coach that just won a Sunbelt Conference championship. Napier was named the Sunbelt Conference Coach of the Year yesterday. The Cajuns had four players named to the first team. They had 16 players overall. That is a school record for most. Now, that includes honorable mention. Every single every single team in the Sunbelt gets four players on honorable mention. For the Cajuns, it was Johnny Lumpkin, Michael Jefferson, Farad Gardner, Braylon Trahan. Yeah, first team, second team, third team. Cajuns had a number of players on each. Makai Gardner was third team. Andre Jones, Big Sauce, Taylor Humphrey, third team defense. Chris Smith, third team offense. Second team, uh, the Cajuns had Eric Gare, uh, Percy Butler, Chauncey Manag, Zion Hill. They had Shane Vallow. They had Levi Lewis. They had Montreal Johnson named second team. All Sunbelt. He was also named the Sunbelt Conference Freshman of the Year. Chris Smith appears twice on it like he did a year ago because he's first team as the um, all-purpose player. Reese Burns, the punter. First team all-sun belt, as well as Max Mitchell and Osiris Torrance, the big old lineman for the Cajuns. So two on special teams, two on the offensive line, no other first team members. And and there are a number of players that have an argument to be their first team or be higher, but the reality is when you have a deep roster, the deepest roster in the Sun Belt, and you play a lot of guys on defense, especially up front, and you're bringing them in and out. I mean, look, I think, I think that Lorenzo McCaskill, who uh, was also named All Sun Belt second team, I didn't mention him. I, I think I think he. In fact, if Rye Gardner's not even on the third team, I mean, there, there's a lot of places you can look. This is voted on by select members of the media and by the coaches around the league. And I can tell you that unlike in years past, the Sun Belt does not allow coaches or media members to select any player on the team that either coach or cover. And you might tell yourself, well, yeah, duh, that's a good thing. That's not how it's been done in the Sun Belt or in other conferences for that matter for a long time. You got a lot of players mentioned. And the Cajuns did leave their mark on the All-Sunbelt Conference teams. But none of that is going to matter tomorrow. None of it. None of it. Once they kick off at 2.30... It's all about one thing for both of the teams. For App, they want the conference championship. They want to be 3-0 and in conference championship games. They want to say, we are still the cream of the crop. We are still the premier team in the Sun Belt. Coach Napier, the Cajuns, they want to send him off on the right with the right, you know, on the winning note of, no. When he left, he had undoubtedly the best team in the Sun Belt Conference. Built it. He said, he said a lot this week, you know, something that we're proud of is that we feel like we built it the right way. Percy Butler, Makai Gardner, two guys that were game time decisions a week ago, two key players in the secondary, just mentioned them when I was talking about all Sunbelt selections. Both were game time decisions last week. They decided to hold them out. They'll be back. And they'll be big. 
you know, overall they have, you know, there are some players like, you know, you can go back and just think of Dalvin Hutchinson from like months ago. There are some players that, that are out for the season, but for the most part, all things considered, the Cajuns are pretty healthy heading into this game. When you're having to play a game in December and you can say that, that's big. That's big. As far as the rest of the Sun Belt, uh, Grayson McCall was named the Sun Belt Conference Player of the Year, which wasn't really a big surprise, to be honest. Um, he's a great player. It looked for, for, for a little while there that Coastal might lose him for the rest of the season, but he came back. He played well. How good is Jamie Chadwell? Yeah. How good would he be without Grayson McCall? I think Chadwell's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. But he ain't better than Billy Napier. No question. Best coach in the Sun Belt Conference has one more game. So Ab comes in riding a six-game winning streak. They have outscored their opponents over the last six games. 240 to 86. They beat Coastal Carolina after they lost to the Cajuns. And when they lost to the Cajuns, it was, in many people's eyes, the most surprising score of the season. Not because the Cajuns won, but because they won 41-13. to They drummed them. I was there. I was like, look at this. When the Cajuns have been an underdog, with the exception of week one, they've won big. They were an under a betting underdog against Liberty. They were a betting underdog against Half State. They are a betting underdog tomorrow. App State getting three on the road? Really? Okay. UL's hoping to win their first undisputed sole conference championship. University of Louisiana hasn't won a conference championship in 53 years. I think it was SIL back then. Again, I, so how do you put it into words? I'm just, I'm just listing out facts. How do you put that into words? It's a big moment. It's a big moment. Dr. Baggard's going to be joining us here at 8 o'clock. How's the coaching search going for him? How are the ticket sales going? What is he expecting at Cajun Field tomorrow? Is he excited about the ticket sales to that point? Is he disappointed? There's been a lot of chatter. People putting up images of Ticketmaster. Oh, things are looking good. Things are going good. We'll hear it from the horse's mouth next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Great Scott Show coming at you on a Friday. ESPN Lafayette now at 1033 on the FM, 1420 on the AM. And streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. For those of you listening via the stream, whether it be on your tablet, your smartphone, connected cars, and on smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Stick with me. This is the Great Scott Show on a Friday. Dr. Maggard, then open phone lines after that. We'll get back to Saints Cowboys eventually, but we're talking Cajuns next. And speaking of Cage, that Brian Kelly accent sounded like Nick Cage in Con Air. What was that? We'll be having some fun, too. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Wow.
ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Friday. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports, the flagship station for Louisiana Raging Cajun Athletics. Joining us now, the VP of Intercollegiate Athletics at UL, the Director of Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard is here. And uh, have you had any time to breathe this week? (laughs) You know what? I'm breathing. I'm drinking coffee. It's going very well. Good, good. I know you and and, and uh, your illustrious wife. You guys drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, learned we, that yeah. about Carrie at the homecoming thing. I mean, I, I'm not much of a coffee drinker, but she was filling me in on, you know, the different kinds and and, oh, yeah. and how you drank your coffee, how how Coach Napier drank his coffee, all of it. <laughs> like he likes the Americano. He's the Americano. Carrie's an Americano fan. I tried it. And, I've uh, had it a few times yeah, since. Then. It's stout now. It's it's a good coffee. But it, uh, it keep it got me got me wired. That's right. Got me wired. Don't do it on an empty stomach. <laughs> no, no. I was like, wow. I'm not sure if I should play with my kids or go run a mile or what, <laughs> um, or or just go eat a granola bar. Uh, let's talk some Ragey Cajun football. Dr. Maggard is our guest uh, on a Wear Red Friday around town. Conference championship game is tomorrow. I was trying to put it into words in the last segment, and it's it's hard. So I just was giving – I was just spouting off facts. You know, you've, you've never – you never won an outright conference championship. Um, you've never – been 53 years i think since the school won a conference championship which i think it was sil at that point you've had this goal of doing it it's it's coach napier's you know thing that that i know you know whether he coaches the bowl game or not but a lot of people feel like it's his last game and then they're sending him off the right way the amount of emotion 32 wins over the last three years i mean it could go on and on and on i feel like dr magger that it's the biggest game in the history of cajun field that's what i that's i, I firmly believe it and I try not to get hyperbolic about these things because I hear people say that a lot. I remember before the season, someone's like, oh, it's the biggest game ever. When you go to Texas, I'm like, eh, it's the biggest opportunity maybe, but I can't. There are places I, I try not to go. As guarded as I'm trying to be, I can't get away from the fact that I do think it's the biggest game in, in Cajun field history. Tomorrow. Well, I would, I would not disagree with you whatsoever. I think uh, the opportunity we have tomorrow in our own home in Lafayette, Louisiana, in Acadiana, there's nothing as big as this that we've experienced so far. Now, I'm going to call this the inaugural championship game at Cajun Field because we want to do this consistently, right? This, But it is the first, and it's a situation where <clears throat> we want to make sure that we pack that house. We've got to have Acadiana show up. We have to. And uh, But, yes, Scott, to your point, this is a big, big game for more than just that reason. It's Coach Napier's last game. It's our seniors' last game on that field, 11-1, and one, 11 straight games. They've won almost 40 games in the past four years. This is a successful ride. Cajuns ranked 20th in the country, hosting App State, who is a betting favorite right now for those that follow that. Um, 
I know Coach Napier doesn't, unless his team is the betting underdog, then he he mentions it. Uh, I've noticed that. So I'm sure it's – I don't even know if you need to mention it this week because you've got you, – you, it's not like motivation will be an issue here tomorrow. Uh, it's there. I think App State, as if you've only seen them one time this year when they're at Cajun Field, then you really don't know much about the team. Uh, they've dominated in their last six wins, and I know they're chomping at the bit just like the Cajuns were two and three years ago mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm. back and have another shot. Uh, but I, I, I expect them to give a better shot, and I'm just expecting a good game. What are you expecting from the crowd, Dr. Maggard? I, I see people everywhere talking about ticket sales. What, right. what, where, where are we at right now? Well, I will tell you, we have plenty of tickets to sell. I have heard these rumors that you know tickets are limited right now. That's not the case. We have way too many to sell, in my opinion, still, right? So we need people to get up. Today, get out there tomorrow, walk up to the Cajun Dome box office, go buy your tickets. Um, again, we've got to show this region, we've got to show America on national television tomorrow at 2.30 that we're serious about football. And the best way to do that is by having a packed house. When that camera is scanning that east side, they need to see bodies on top of bodies on top of bodies. So come out, folks, today, tomorrow, whether online, go to the box office, Buy those tickets, $25 for a general mission tickets, probably one of the best deals around for a championship football game to see a top 25 team, top 25 in all three polls, by the way. And um, uh, we've got some free parking available for you. Our concessions will be rocking. Trust me, we've got our normal vendors. We're expanding the number of vendors that are going to be in the venue. Um, we're, you know, Sodexo is overhauling their staff. We know, you know, we, we want to make sure we have a great experience for our staff. But tailgating, come out and tailgate. Mother Nature's cooperating. She's inviting us to have a, a day. full house. A pretty tomorrow. day. Uh, I'll be out there uh, tailgating with the family, and then I'll go in the press box and try to be quiet for a couple hours and watch the game and analyze and things like that. If you're in the stands, do not be quiet. Be loud. No, be loud. Uh, <laughs> be loud. But um, do you have any numbers on the tickets, or is it just a lot left? I mean, a lot left. That's where I'm going to leave. It's a lot left, right? And, uh, you know, we're, we really do expect the buzz we're hearing and the communication we're having with our student leaders, we, we expect a great student crowd. We really do. Excited about that. That's going to bring energy to that game. That They set um, the tone. They do. They, they absolutely the do. Tone. But we need everybody else to come, right? I think App State, you know, maybe 1,000 people, 1,500 maybe. Um, but, uh, you know, we just need folks to show up and uh, just get rocking. Get sauced up before that game. Get in early. Right. Don't wait until two thirty and let those lines get jammed up. We need a full house when that team runs out. Get in your seats early. Get a couple beverages in your hand, and let's go. Louisiana Raging Cajun Director of Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard, on right now. I'm Scott Prather. Uh, I, I don't know if it's you know Ticketmaster or looking at things online. Or I, I've gotten texts from people like, "I'm hearing it's close to a sellout." I mean, this and that. And, Every time I've checked, it's been, no, there's a lot of tickets available. (laughs) Uh, As you said, you know, traditionally when the Cajuns have had really good crowds, there's been a late walk-up crowd. Um, You can do that if if you want. I would recommend just go online or or go to the Cajun box office, get it now. Because those walk-up crowds, I've seen them before. Those are long lines. Long lines. And if you go and you complain about it, just know you could have already had your ticket and been in your seat. That's right. Um, so, so go get them today. You can go to the Cajun Gnome, and then you don't have to worry about all the fees. Right. And if you can't get to the Cajun Gnome, 
couple of small fees, get it on your phone, get into the game, 2.30 tomorrow, ESPN. And there will be a lot of eyeballs watching because it's championship weekend and it's ESPN. And the reality is Billy Napier being the next head coach of the University of Florida will bring even more eyeballs to the screen. No doubt. And, and folks, maybe they're coming to see Billy Napier, but what they can see is Louisiana Raging Cajuns showcasing their program and all these things that Billy has said publicly about the program there's a good crowd in there being loud. It helps back that up. I mean, this, in terms of the opportunity for the university, Dr. Maggard, we, we know about the opportunity for the football mm-hmm. team, right? You have a chance to win a conference championship. For the university, what, what kind of opportunity does tomorrow present? Well, you know, we always say it's a three- to four-hour free national commercial, right? Because that uh, stack logo is going to be broadcasted numerous minutes throughout that four-hour span, right? And so uh, that stacked Raging Cajun brand on the helmets is seen the word louisiana on our jerseys um you know it, it it's a sunbelt game but it's at our house and so it's really going to to i think elevate the profile of our of our raging cajun brand and what that does that elevates the profile of the university people start talking about the university of louisiana and uh you know we need a great crowd out there to have a dominating win and uh, it's going to be a close game i promise you i do not expect a 46 to 13 type score what whatsoever uh app state's going to come guns a blazing they're they were embarrassed and uh they're going to be ready but it uh it's one of those opportunities that it elevates the entire university profile is what it does louisiana rage occasion football tomorrow two thirty sunbelt conference championship game i know you're glad not to be getting on a plane today and flying to absolutely somewhere in the mountains of north carolina not that you have anything against it but uh much rather play here. Much rather play here. A December home game occasion field. Any uh, any decision as far as uh, a bowl game with with Coach Napier is that still TBD or? I think it's still TBD. Um, you know, again, it would not surprise me if he is not coaching that game. Um, you know, at, at some point here, sooner than later, he has got to become the head coach at the University of Florida. You know, just as I need to work swiftly in identifying our next coach from a recruiting standpoint right, and a bowl game standpoint, he needs to do the same at the University of Florida. Dr. Magadar, I guess, let's, let's tap into that a little bit. How much of your, your week has been, you got a lot of stuff going on. How much of the last week has been dedicated to, let's say since Monday, in identifying the next head coach of Louisiana? Well, let's see. If we're talking 100% of time, about 99%. <laughs> it's, it's been, yeah. But these are, that's what these things are. They're consuming um, you know, I've got uh, a couple of my kids are in town this week. They they stuck around for the, the holiday, the Thanksgiving holiday for the game tomorrow. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I just haven't seen them. I haven't seen them this week. And so, uh, but that's what it takes. Uh, we're going to do this the right way. We're going to go out and get the best coach for the University of Louisiana at this time. And uh, I'm excited about it. You know, we're getting close, to be candid with you. Um, but But again, we knew that... December 9th, by December 9th, right, we have to have that done because we have our first official visit weekend uh, on December 10th, 11th, and 12th. And uh, we've got an amazing class of commitments. We have 11 commitments right now, and uh, actually 10. We do we did have one young man decommit, and we're going to try to get him back. But um, <clears throat> it's the most, one of the most talented groups that our, this coaching staff would say we've ever had. It's critically important for us, and just like our team and our coaching staff needs uh, some some anxiety relief, those commits need that as well. How many 
have you interviewed to this point? Uh, yeah, several. Several. I'm not going to get anything out of you. No, anyway. not much. It's all good. Coach, it's all good. Is, is Coach Desbo yeah. on that list? Several candidates. How's that? There's lots of reports out there. That's right. Um, you said that you were going to ask Philly his thoughts. Mm-hmm. I imagine you did that. I did several times. We've had many, many conversations. Many, I mean, I've got, I've got access to, to maybe the best source for our next coach in Billy Napier. I, I as, as somebody that gets curious, I just go and look back at <clears throat> people he's coached with at various schools, I guess, over the last seven years. And I'm not the kind of person that puts out uh, this or that or hearing this or that. There's just, there's a long list there is what I'm saying. That's right. I, I, I'll look at a list and say, okay, is this person now a coordinator? Did they coach with Billy in the past? Did he and Mark Hockey follow him on Twitter? Like, are they friends? And that's kind of how I dig into this stuff. <laughs> and, I, and I do have a couple of names that I don't know, they, it, it, that I don't hear anyone talking about that uh, maybe I'll, I'll throw out later and it might not mean anything. I just remind folks of when you hired Billy. There was lots of talk about Brent Pry, and he just got the job at Virginia Tech. Right. Congrats to him. Good coach. Good um, coach. And, and a meeting and all these other guys. And then the day before, it's, oh, they're going to hire Billy Napier as the head coach. And a lot of people were like, who is Ooh, that? What? what? Who is that? What? Um, <laughs> But but I think when, when you hired Billy, I, I know there were some coaches, some head coaches around the country that maybe you talked to that mm-hmm. gave him uh, an honest and, you know, assessment of this guy is, is, you know, you should interview him. He's a really good coach. And <clears throat> this time around, I guess maybe Billy is that point man for you. And so, I, point man's too strong of a word. But he's a coach. He's a resource. He's a, he's a valuable stuff. resource, there without a doubt. You strong know, so resource. You're, you know, you're uh, hitting the nail on the head. Everything you're saying about, you know, Billy's knowledge of the industry, his knowledge of the game, his knowledge of our program. And that's most important, right? The knowledge he has about our program. What people can take to the bank is I'm listening very closely to what that man is saying. So I just need to ask him who he's telling you, and then I've got the answer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. I'm going to call Billy next. He probably right. won't answer. He'd be like, Scott, we that's talked right. Monday. What yeah, is this yeah. about? But don't, you know, I don't want people to think <clears throat> that is not my only source. I'm tapping into a lot of different uh, individuals, you know, around the, around the country and the industry uh, to make sure that, uh, again, we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's. We know this is an important hire, right? And so whoever we name, you know, I, I will know in my heart and my gut that it's the right person for this job. Uh, but like everything else, time will tell. Time will tell. Well, you've done a good job. I mean, I'm not blowing smoke. You've done a good job with your head coaching hires um, and not to disrespect any other sports, but because of college football and how it elevates mm-hmm. a university and athletic department, many would say it's the most important hire in a lot of ways because of what it does for a lot of programs um, at a school. And I don't know, was Billy the most important hire ever? Will it be this guy? I just know they're all important. Right. And, um, you know, hopefully you knock this one out of the park again. I know that's the goal. Uh, and December 9th, you, you know, you say that's, that's the deadline, the, the deadline. deadline. That's not no the later idea. than that's the no, deadline. that's right. No later than. Okay. All right. Well, you're going to keep us on our toes. I'll probably be <laughs> out to lunch with my family and then I'll get 50 <laughs> texts. Like, all right, Uh-oh. let's get that up there. Yeah. Uh, ESPN live here. Dr. Brian Maggard is, uh, is our guest talking about looking for the next head coach of Louisiana Rage Cajun football. I asked you Sunday if you thought you would you might hire a search firm for this. You said that was TBD. 
Did you, or is, is Billy and these other people in the industry kind of the unofficial search firm? Yeah, I did not go with a search firm. I certainly had opportunities to do so. And you know, there's many great people that I know that, that head up those firms. And um, I just felt like, you know, I was going to be able to, to do this, you know, on our own. And uh, just like we did last time. But um, no, we did not go with a search firm. Billy's contract had a stipulation in it that if you weren't there, there wouldn't be a buyout. You are at UL, and as far as I know, you're not leaving, are you? No, okay. I'm not leaving. Right, we've just, got, I didn't, again, I didn't, I we, we've, worked, had, we've had enough work. We have enough work to get done, you know, over these next five years. I say five years because that's the, the span of my contract right now. But um, And uh, we just had a really important search get thrown on top of that. So it's, it has derailed me a little bit, <clears throat> but that's part of it. And uh, like we said, this is, this is a priority, but any coaching search is, right? It's not just about football. Uh, you know, I, I tell people that those are the 11 most important hires I'll ever make, the head coaching positions, because they set the tone for the entire program. And, you know, people, I get it. People talk about splash and they talk. But no, Billy Napier, if people remember, was not a splash hire. The vast majority of people did not know who Billy Napier was. Billy Napier came to us as a 7-5 and five offensive coordinator from Arizona State University. Yes, he had stops elsewhere, but I don't look at the name. I look at the person. And in this case, I look at the man. What is he about? How does he build relationships with our student athletes? And that's just one thing that the general public does not have access to that I do right now, that locker room. I know the pulse of that locker room. I know what they have had. I know what they want i know what they need to keep this thing going and that is a head coach that absolutely will have positive relationships with them as people first and then as student athletes dr brian maggard our guest i'm scott prather it's espn lafayette the best ticket in sports um the buyout Mm -hmm. florida's Owes you three million. Owes you. Owes, owes the athletic <laughs> Well, they owe me three and then three <laughs> three million dollars. Uh, does that does that get discussed or by like ads or is that uh, a, a an HR thing? Like, when do you know? Like, are, are they writing it in? Are they giving you one of those giant checks yes. from like the you know a golf tournament or no? But yeah. is is it is it a single payment? Is it yes, installments? It, this, I should, this should be a single payment. And how much does that help? I mean, uh, sure. it, it sounds like a dumb question, no, but no, like, I guess some specificity yeah. is, yeah, where, like, where does it specifically go yeah. when it happens? So, you know, this, this particular uh, amount of money will help with some transition costs. You know, we've got some things that we'll want to, to adjust and, and clean up and, and, you know, get in better shape, you know, from a facility standpoint. And, but, uh, uh, you know, then you, you know, you save it uh, or, or potentially use a little bit of it for, again, staff transition if there's any right uh costs but for the most part we'll apply it more than likely to our uh, current budget and make sure that we um are in good shape at the end of this fiscal year how much does age factor into these decisions i know you look at the person as you said you know not so much the name and you can have you could be old you could be young you could be 30 Mm -hmm. 31 Mm -hmm. and if you were recommended by billy and others and You've got that positive relationship. How much does that come into play for you? Because I think it's, 
you can't ignore it, no, but you don't sure. want it to dictate a decision either. How much weight do you give that? You know, I really don't put a ton of, of uh, weight on that. You know, I don't, I certainly, I look at it more as kind of where might that person be in their career? You know, I, am I looking for somebody who, you know, this might be their last contract? Probably not. You know, I'm going to be looking for somebody who I know has high energy, who has, um, you know, great motivational skills. I'm not saying that has to come with youth or not, but, uh, you know, I'm 54 years old, so I think that's young, right? So if you're 54 and, you know, I'm not going to consider you an old candidate, how's that? But uh, at the same time, you know, I do think, uh, uh, I don't put a, no, I don't put a tremendous amount of thought into the age as I do the ability to help us sustain this blueprint and this foundation. Yeah. And Billy was in his late thirties. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't consider that young for a head coach mm-hmm. in D1 football and in the Sun Belt. Um, and and I just know that if you're early 30s or, or, or in your 60s, folks will say, oh, well, too young or too old. Right. But for you, it's... Yeah, there, there's no sweet spot. I, you you me, did admit, definitely. though, there is something that's too old. I mean, you're not hiring Jay Walker. Yeah, Jay, you know, we talked extensively about the position. He's very interested, but I told oh, him I'm he? going to have to go in a different direction. <laughs> Touchdown, Louisiana. <laughs> I said, Jay, we, I'd hire you tomorrow, Jay, but I can't find a replacement for that voice. So. That's, that's what it is. That's <laughs> that's what it came down to. Too valuable in the booth. Uh, ESPN Lafayette, Dr. Brian Maggard is our guest. So it's interesting. You guys are preparing to host this game tomorrow, and as you said, 99% of your job over the last week has been identifying and and at some point hiring the next head football coach of Louisiana. So I know you've probably allocated a lot of duties for this game coming up tomorrow to your staff and others. How much is run by y'all and how much is run by the Sun Belt? Because I know that UL has hosted, you know, conference tournaments before, whether it be in men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball, soccer. And I see the Sun Belt is kind of like, this is our show. Now with football, it's a little different. It's a legit home field advantage. It's a single game. Uh, Keith Gill, Sunbelt Commissioner, told us this week he, they have they have no plans right now to change right, right. what, uh, you know, that they're not looking for a neutral field. Mm-hmm. How much responsibility is laid on y'all and how much does the Sunbelt say this is our show? You know, they, they certainly say this is their show as it is. You know, they've had staff present on our campus, you know, starting as early as uh, Wednesday, uh, you know, being here full time and then uh, more came over yesterday, and they'll be here in full force today. So they are working very diligently. Um, you know, they're, they're putting a lot of work and effort into this. But certainly our game operations, our facilities management team, John Dugall, Marcus Marks, many other people uh, are heavily involved as well, not to mention, you know, marketing, Jake Longnecker, um, communications, Josh Bruner, uh, Nico's heavily involved in that. You know, there's, we do have a lot of staff that's engaged with and, and uh, being consumed with this, but the conference office staff, absolutely carries a big weight so they'll be busy <clears throat> they'll be busy plenty of work busy. for everybody but they're there i know the sunbelt is still allowing a, a cajun walk which is cool absolutely what yeah. time is that happening uh two hours before kicks what twelve thirty ish maybe twelve fifteen. be there um you know again i think gates open at seven or eight as you said that's right sauced, I, I i am so <laughs> sauced up I, that's right get sauced up start drinking bloody mary's and then if you're transition. Of, if you're of Asia, of that's course. right. Transition to something else. But if water's your sauce, that's okay too. If soda, it doesn't sauce matter. Just your sauce. get fired up. Get the cage. Get out fuel. here. Get out here. Have fun. It's 
you know, it's going to be a party all morning, most of the afternoon, and then get into that stadium and rock and roll. I, uh, ESPN Lafayette, and, and this year has been the, in all the years since I've been covering the team that they've been bowl eligible, it's been the least a bowl game has been discussed mm-hmm. to this point. Yeah. I know, I know there'll be some more focus on it next week, but next week, I know you're going to hire a new head coach at some point. So even then, um, I'm, I'm guessing New Orleans, for multiple reasons, mm-hmm. you said that they get first choice, and I don't know why they wouldn't choose a team right. that's given them their highest attendance records ever in the history of the game and happens to be really good and right down the road. Uh, have you been asked much about the bowl? Because it's, I'm sure when bowl week gets here, it'll be a big thing, but with the conference championship game and this, this next head coach who's going to replace Billy and Billy leaving and all the emotion that comes with it, how much have fans or or boosters or alums asked you much about the bowl game, Doctor Maggard? Uh, quite a bit. I mean, you know, people are just curious, you know, as to what uh, what uh, the outlook look like. And like I say, I'd be shocked if it's not the New Orleans Bowl. You know, that's not official yet, but uh, <clears throat> I think indications are. You know, that's where we'll land, and we're very excited about that. Very excited. I mean, that's again, you know, why not? It's two hours away. Uh, you play in a professional football stadium uh, in a great city. Our fans can get over there. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. There you go. I mean, I, it, in 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 the meantime, Billy Napier, you said it's TBD whether he'll coach in a bowl game, but you would be surprised if he is. Mm-hmm. So, for many, you can look at this game tomorrow, guys, as his last one. You know for sure the last one at Cajun Field, but with what Billy Napier has done for the program, and he's always deflecting praise and talking about his staff or talking about you or Dr. Sava or his players or his team. But Billy's done uh, an incredible job. And I think a lot in the community were somewhat touched by, I guess, that he was he was a little emotional. Very. You know, I, I talked to him Monday, and I appreciated him coming on. It was really the only sort of one-on-one he did until he went to Pete's, but that was more of a very crowd environment, which, right. was, which was cool for him. Yeah. But uh, but on Monday after the Florida, you know, accepting the job and, you know, him getting choked up talking about when he talked to his team and then him getting choked up later just talking about how the community's treated his family, his right. wife, his kids. And I think, I think Monday when he was at Pete's, he's such in sort of game mode and the tears that he plans out his day, it's hard for him to let his guard down and just sort of, enjoy a moment but Mm -hmm. at some point he did and the amount of people that just wanted to say thank you i think when a guy leaves a program a lot of times fans might be somewhat bitter or upset whenever the overwhelming reaction is just that of gratitude that says a lot about the person that's leaving Um, and it does say a little bit about the fans but and and it's good the fans are like that, but he is giving them no reason ever to be anything but grateful. Right. And I think your goal as the next head coach is to find you want you don't want to say the next Billy Napier, no. But this program, Doctor Maggard, is in the best shape it's ever been in. So whoever takes over, it's not going to be a reset. It's going to be a continuation. And whether it's fair to that person or not, every one of these fans I'm talking about that's sharing all this gratitude right now. They are going to compare the next head coach to Billy. Fair or not, that's just the reality. Right. No, that's that's exactly right. That's normal. <clears throat> and I think, uh, you know, uh, our next head coach will will be that person. Um, and so I think it's just natural to your point. It's going to happen. But uh, 
going back to, I, you know, I, I do think uh, our fan base and, and our community is has been very grateful um, for um, what Coach Napier has accomplished, he and his staffs and his student-athletes. So, but that's a tribute to, to, our, to the people of Louisiana and, and Lafayette and, and Acadiana. They're, uh, they're very good people. Dr. Baggert has been our guest. Last thing, one more time, let's circle back. Sunbelt Conference Championship tomorrow, Louisiana versus App State. Number 20, Raging Cajuns hosting a conference championship game. Fans can get their tickets online. You can learn more at RagingCajuns.com mm-hmm. or just go to the Cajun Dome. And if you want to walk up and buy tickets tomorrow, Cajun Dome box office and those ticket box offices around Cajun Field will be open. Lines might be long, so right. I'd advise right. to buy yeah. today. But as Dr. Maggard said, if you missed the beginning of the conversation, there are a lot of tickets available. Lots of tickets. Plenty of tickets available. Uh, again, get over to the box office today. Avoid long lines tomorrow so you can dedicate and focus on tailgating tomorrow. Right? Get those tickets today. You want to go online. The only reason I promote going to the box office is it saves you some money on fees. But if it's easier, more convenient to go online, do that. And, um, again, tickets for as little as $25, general admission. We're going to have lots of free parking available. And where is that uh, same uh, spot behind the uh, – <clears throat> So we're actually going to have some free general admission parking on the Cajun Field parking lot well, footprint. Uh, and once that fills up, then uh, over to the Light Center. Free parking – They'll be tailgating. Lots of tailgating. Lots of tents are up right now. Uh, The weather's going to be incredible. Uh, It might almost be warm at 2.30, right? But uh, come out, show up, arrive early, wear red, be loud, and stay late. Well, I hope you uh, enjoy the game. In the meantime, just once you hire a head coach, just let me know first. I'd appreciate it. All the details. There you go. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Uh, best of luck with it. I know you're Thank busy, you. and I appreciate you taking the time. It's always good to see you, and we'll, uh, we'll see you at a Cajun Field tomorrow. Thank you, Scott. That good is Cajun. Louisiana Raging Cajun Director of Athletics, or VP of Intercollegiate Athletics at UL, Dr. Brian Meg. We'll take a timeout, come back, answer some of your emails, and open up phone lines about tomorrow's game. We'll continue to break it down. It's all coming your way next right here on The Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. DraftKings Sportsbook is coming soon to Louisiana. It won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. No deposit required. DraftKings is bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code LA Sports when you sign up. Those who sign up right now will get $100 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Louisiana. That's code LA Sports to get $100 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1 877 770 STOP 7867. 21 and over. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Most of my clients were referred to me by former clients. If you've been injured, I'd like to help. Spencer Callahan is the one to see. Call 465-2323. Primary office in Baton Rouge. What up, Saints fans? Hey, do you want tickets to each home game? For the road games, would you want to throw an ultimate party? Well, guess what? 
We're giving you the chance to do both all season long. ESPN 1420 is offering all of our listeners the ultimate Saints experience, made possible by our friends at Laborde Earls. For each home game, we're giving away a pair of plaza-level seats along with passes to the fully catered Saints VIP tailgate party with free food and an open bar before the game. What about when the black and gold is on the road? Well, thanks to our friends at Legends, a weekly winner for every away game will get to throw an epic black and gold party either at home or at Legends with the Legends tailgate prize pack. It includes 10 burgers, 10 wraps, and 20 bags of chips that you can enjoy at Legends or from the comfort of your own home. The deadline to enter each week is Thursday at midnight with the exception of Thursday game weeks. Make sure that winner can be you. Head to the ESPN 1420 app and click on Saints with the ticket emoji right on the home screen, and that's where you enter to win. It's simple, it's free, and it's easy, and it could be you, the winner of the ultimate Saints experience from the Board Earls, Legends, and ESPN 1420. Hi, I'm Amine. Sometimes starting a conversation with a friend about mental health can feel awkward, but your support can make a huge difference. You know your friends best, so if you feel like something's wrong, trust your instinct and reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. Disability is not inability. A person's ability may be different, but still an ability. No matter one's race or age, no matter one's physical or mental condition. We all have limitless possibilities. For more than 100 years, Easter Seals has helped the one in four people with disabilities in America live, work, learn, and play. I'm Angela Williams, CEO of Easter Seals. For more information, visit EasterSeals.com. This is Ed Horrell, founder of The Kindness Revolution. In my corporate talks, I like to reference a theory which scientists have been unable to disprove. And it theorizes that given the perfect atmospheric conditions, A butterfly flapping its wings in the United States can actually result in a hurricane in Japan. So when I think before you take even the smallest action today, remember that your slightest actions might change the direction of someone else. And to learn more, check us out at thekindnessrevolution.net. Joe Buck and John Smoltz welcoming you back to the City Center Convenience Mart. Heather's moment has arrived, and you just hope all that training pays off. Heather lays down her purchase, but Randy rings it up as slowly as he can. Uh Uh-oh. Yep, she's looking at the cigarettes. There's nothing good back there. Heather's arm is in motion, but she just grabs the gum off the counter. That's a slick move. Even Randy tips his cap to Heather. Stand up to cancer and rally wants you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. Santa's official arrival in Lafayette and Acadiana has been confirmed. The jolly old elf will be in town Sunday, December 5th to welcome in the Christmas season as part of the annual Sonic Christmas Parade. This year's parade begins at 1 o'clock in downtown Lafayette and will conclude in the Oil Center. There'll be floats, marching bands, performance groups, and of course, Santa. Speaking of Santa, kids, make sure you bring your letters for Santa. They'll be collected at the parade and sent back to the North Pole with Santa and his team. And as always, the Sonic Christmas Parade is the perfect opportunity for all of us to say thanks to those who have served this great nation in every branch of our military. And there's no charge for veterans to participate in the parade. And what a great way for us to say thanks to those who have given so much and to welcome in the season of giving, hope, and faith into Acadiana. The Sonic Christmas Parade. Put a reminder in your phone right now. Sunday, December 5th, downtown Lafayette, 1 o'clock. And Merry Christmas from Sonic and the helpful Happy Christmas people at Town Square Media. 
What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Get to the great Scott show. What's happening, y'all? ESP and Lafayette. Thanks to Dr. Maggard for coming on. Huge gain tomorrow. I, I want to unpack a couple of things he was saying about looking for the next head coach. One, I, I, I don't think there's going to be a long waiting game on this. Uh, two, no search firm. Essentially, his search firm is... Billy Napier and other coaches and ADs in the industry that he trusts. Three, when you look at what's happening at Arkansas State right now, a team that for years was one of the premier better teams in the Sunbelt Conference consistently, now with Butch Jones, the struggles they've had this year, and 21 of their players in the transfer portal. You look at Louisiana. When a head coach leaves, someone called me Monday and they said, do you see a lot of players leaving with him? I said, yeah, maybe one or two, but I don't think you're about to see a mass exodus. Now, every one of those players are watching what happens next. And if you are a program that is in a bad spot and you just fired a head coach, you are not, it's just all my opinion, you are not as an AD or the man in charge of making that decision going to say, well, whoever we hire next has to make sure they keep all of these players here. No, because it's you're basically hitting reset. But in this instance, you're not. It's not a reset. It's a continuation. That's the goal. And if you're able to keep all the players, as he said, they you know the early signing period, they had 11 commitments, one is backed out. Right now they have 10. So it, it factors into trying to get this head coach announced and that decision made as soon as possible. And December 9th is, he didn't say the, the, the ideal date. He said the absolute deadline. But whoever he hires, I would think will have somewhat of a similar background to Billy. Will be somebody that can relate, relate to players will be somebody that, from an offensive standpoint, like if, if you're going to hire, I, I know maybe they've interviewed some DCs and things like that, and if you're going to hire a head coach to take over for, for Billy Napier, who was also the play caller, and you've got an offense that all of these commits, especially the offensive one, C is working, C is doing well, they can see it is the offense for a team ranked 20th in the country, you're not going to make a hire that would be a 180 from that. I'm talking about on the field. Off the field, yes, like he said. Not looking at a name, I'm looking at the person. A high character man that will have great relationships with their student athletes. That's what Billy did. That that's something that's going to be number one on the on the on the on the list of boxes that he's checking off. But when you look at some of the other boxes, I know Tim Buckley wrote an article about 
Michael Desimo being one of the ones they interviewed. There is a groundswell of support considering Mike's history with the team, considering Mike's history in this community, considering Mike is the co-offensive coordinator on the team and can call plays, and maybe he will in a bowl game, or maybe he'll be the next head coach. I don't know. But someone who understands what Billy has built here, somebody who, if they're not from here, could fit in. Billy didn't have any Louisiana ties before he took over here. But in terms of his personality and his family, it meshed very, very well in the community. Just thinking outside of football, right? Read between the lines of some of the things he's saying. Whatever coach comes in next, if it's a head coach that, that I... Kind of seems like offense might be the, the go-to here as far as their their background. Offensive-minded. And somebody that would run a somewhat of a similar system to what's already in place. To keep the team in place. Whoever the next head coach is, I think, I think Dr. Maggot will get it right because I think he's done a good job hiring head coaches. And as a result, I don't think you're going to see a mass exodus. Now, you're always going to have a few transfers. They've had a few transfers this year. When Jamal Bell transferred during the season, there might be one or two others. I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. It's normal to have a few, but you don't want to have 21. You don't want to have 10. You want to keep it low. And I think they will, and they need to, because the roster right now is the deepest in the Sunbelt Conference. Most important hire, Dr. Maggard's got to make it. But as he said, I don't look at the, I'm not looking at a name. I'm looking at the person, a high character man that will have great relationships with their student athletes. I also think it's somebody that's very into the process, the day to day, the tiers, organization, structure, the works. And no, you don't want the next hire to be, you know. You don't want to say, oh, here's the next Billy Napier. But like it or not, whoever the next head coach is of Louisiana, that is who they will be compared to their entire, I, I say their entire tenure, unless their tenure is like really, 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 really long. Really long. And Billy's was only four years, four plus years. I mean, he was hired in December of 2017, but 2018 was his first football season. And while Dr. Magger didn't say Billy Napier definitely won't coach in the bowl game. Again, you can read between the lines, guys. He said, I would be surprised. No decisions been made, but I would be surprised. Because at some point, you got to be announced as the next head coach at Florida. And I'm sure there's a part of Billy that would want to do it, and there's probably another part of him that would say, well, we'll let one of my guys have a show in here. My guys is in someone on his staff. CSB and Lafayette, great Scott show. Best ticket in sports. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Well, good morning. So who, who hired Napier? Dr. Maggard. Well, that's the guy you want hiring your next coach. Well, yeah. <laughs> he did a pretty good job. 
Uh, and I tell you, man, listening to the interview, it ain't really got to even read between any lines. You don't have. That's the good thing about listening to, to Doctor Maggie. You ain't got to read between any lines to understand exactly what he's saying. He wants to continue to con- to build the program from where it is right now with a guy who understands the foundation and can build on that foundation. Sounds like a good game plan to me. You there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. It it, yeah. it 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 might be Mike. It might be Mike. It might be somebody that was on the staff previously. It might be somebody that. It might be somebody that isn't necessarily on the staff, but has coached with Napier somewhere before. Whoever it is is going to have a strong tie to Billy Napier. That's all. That's 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 what's definite. But I know a lot of people feel like it'll be it'll be Desimo. We'll see. I just, yeah. I just, I just thing, know it. I just know they will have a strong tie to Coach Napier. That's that's that's, main, what, that's what I know. Yeah. The one thing it doesn't need to be, and you don't want it to be, and obviously Doctor Napier ain't gonna let happen. I mean, Doctor Napier, Doctor Maggard ain't gonna let happen, is that you get somebody that comes in that's you know a washed up retread that's been around the block forty two times. No. Not and happen. yeah, he can take he can take your players and win with him, but then he can't recoup. He can't re up the cupboard. I he don't think it's going to be somebody with, with that's been a head coach before at the collegiate, you yeah. know, F F FBS right. level. That would be and, a big and, surprise to me. And look, let's face it: the easy way would be to hire a guy like that that can coach somebody else's guys, but can't go get any more of his own. And there's a lot of guys like that around. Scott, I mean, for you know, if you want instant gratification for a year or two, and then everything starts to go downhill, that's what you'd hire. But it sounds like he knows. I mean, it don't sound like he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. So I guess it does sound like he knows exactly what he's doing. So it's a. I tell you what, UL fans are damn lucky right about now. I mean, you lucky you got somebody like Doctor Maggard hanging in there. You know. You could you could be LSU fan right now. I mean, I, 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 I'm gonna let you go on that one. All right. LSU fans are mixed on Brian Kelly. Some are really excited. Some aren't. The reality is, none of them really loved Brian Kelly before he was hired. They don't have to act like they did. But if they like to hire now, that's fine. We're talking about the Cajuns right now, though. ESPN Lafayette, welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. This old school cowboy fan here this morning. How y'all doing this morning? I'm doing I'm doing fine. How are you? Why is y'all talking about the Cajuns? Talk about the Saints. If they'd have been winning, y'all have been talking about them. That's and a, Kyle Holl- I, I, I stop it, stop it. I, t- I talked about the Saints like the first fifty minutes of the show. Spare me the oh no the Cowboys. Oh, come on now. Talked about the Saints a lot. Came and went. If you missed the beginning of the show, Norman was on. He was singing. He was rubbing it in. We talked to Ross Jackson. We broke down what happened last night. Which wasn't a surprise, by the way, at all. And since about 7.45, the focus has been on the Cajuns because tomorrow is the biggest game in the history of Cajun Field. The biggest. Ever. So no, you don't need to call and try to shift gears and yell about the Cowboys. Who will break their heart? They'll break their fans' hearts in the postseason. It is going to happen. Let's head back to the phone lines. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Hey, Scott, it's Richie. Let's talk about them Cajuns. What's going on, Richie? Richie Falgu, the uh, pregame, the, the star of the Rage Cajun football pregame show. What's going on, man? Oh, not too much. Just getting ready for a big 
big, big game tomorrow. Uh, you know, Fridays are always good, but this one's a little extra. You uh, you played with Michael Desimo when he was a player. His name's been brought up uh, a few times. Did you know Mike was going to be a coach when you played with him? Did he have all the makings of that? And and uh, do, you, do you think he can be a good D1 head football coach? We know what he did in high school. We know what he's done as a coordinator. We know he's been there with a the previous tenure in this one. I don't know that he's going to be the next head coach. I know a lot of people think he could be. Certainly he is in the mix. I think that's pretty evident. But uh, but 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 tell our listeners a little about your experience with Mike. Yeah, Mike is, um, I mean, he's the definition of a leader. And so it's not, it wasn't surprising when he got into coaching, but as a teammate, the guy just, he was one of the best teammates you could ask for. He was a captain basically his sophomore, his junior year. Uh, and he just, there's nothing he wouldn't, he expect from you that he wouldn't do himself. And he was always the first one there, last one there. Uh, it just was never above anybody. And you can see that translating his coaching. Uh, I mean, he's he's done a great job from wide receiver coach when uh, Coach Napier or Coach Hud was here, and then transition to tight end coach. He he just does a good job getting those kids involved and and making anybody believe they're the best at, at what they can do. And I think that's the definition of a coach. You know, having somebody bring out the best in you, regardless of the situation or the type of day you're having. And Mike always brings his his lunch pail with him and he's going to go to work no matter what he does so how do you feel about this matchup tomorrow i feel great about it i mean i i think an underlining statement here that, that doesn't get talked a lot i mean i think some people in, in the know that watch a lot of cajun football understand it but i mean if you listen to the pregame show i talk about this guy every week and that's that's the defense coordinator patrick tony um, he does an outstanding job of scheming up with these players for the opponent. And if you go back and watch the film, they did such a great job against App State that first go round. Because um, App State probably is the deepest wide receiver group in the Sun Belt, and that's usually what has been an issue for the Cajuns in their matchup has been the wideouts. But their back end, their defense is so deep, and they, they have so many moving parts that they can really be versatile. And you could really see those. Uh, the safeties and those cornerbacks really sitting on routes. They had a very good understanding of the route tree of the Mountaineers, and that was able to be beneficial in, in getting four turnovers. Now, do I think the Cajuns will get four turnovers tomorrow? No, but uh, you know, I, I think they're going to continue to put pressure on the quarterback who, who did not have as great a game against the Cajuns, and I really believe it was in a large part of the scheme of Coach Tony. Richie Falgu, uh, our guest now. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Richie will be on the air tomorrow, 1230, with Ian Ozan on the pregame show. If you're heading, uh, many of you will be tailgating. Listen to it while you're at the tailgate, right? Bring the headset into the stadium if you want some good play-by-play with Jay Walker, with uh, with Gerald Broussard and Cody Juno on the sidelines. So Percy Butler, um, you know, he was he was out last week. You had guys... That missed last week's game, Makai Gardner. We're talking about all Sun Belt players. You mentioned the secondary. I think when the secondary is fully healthy, they are deep. I think Trey Amos is 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 really good, and he's not even a starter, right? Braylon Tron. We could go on and on about you know Eric Gare having Gardner and Butler back. And last week, the fact that they were like right there, like pregame decisions that they they decided last minute, that tells you that they're going to be much better off here. I do think that. Um, you know, the secondary, to your point, is going to be 
probably the biggest key in tomorrow's game and and the fact that they've got a lot of depth there going into this game tomorrow when you when you're relatively healthy all things considered going into a game in December that that's a that's a really big thing right there that is a really big key and I think the Cajun secondary and having those guys back going to be one of the biggest keys to tomorrow's game yeah, just look what happened last night. I know we don't want to talk about it, but I mean that's it's the it's night and day versions of healthy versus injured. And when you have healthy team, when you have the camaraderie, when you have the the reps of the, the what you work in practice with your guys and the communication, and I think that's what what is so unique and dynamic of this back half is is Braylon Trahan and Percy Butler. They've they've been together for so long that they, I mean, with an extra year on, on some of these guys' eligibility. I mean, they know everything that they're going to call before the plays even before the formation even comes out. So it's very beneficial to know, you know, how things are going to move, and the alignment, the, the pre-snap alignment is big, and that's where Braylon Tron comes into effect big time. But um, look, it's it's going to be a big game tomorrow. I don't know if anybody said anything, but I heard there may be a, a dollar beer. You know, 30 minutes before kickoff in the stadium? Maybe not, but maybe we can tell people that to get them in there. <laughs> I don't, I, I, you know, it's it's kind of a Sunbelt show. So, uh, yeah, maybe 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 I'll just have to I'll try to get the answer to that question today. Richie, how's that? Keep, keep up with me yeah. on Twitter, guys. I'll try to find out about this dollar beer rumor. Um, but if, look, I, on the this way, side, if, I, if I don't tweet anything, it's either because I didn't get an answer, I didn't get the answer I wanted. But if I do get the answer yeah, and it's yes, I will tweet it out. How about just go in early to find out yourself? Yeah, you know, let everybody go in early and they can find out themselves. Best thing to do is um, get tickets now so that you can tailgate longer and don't have to wait in one of those really long lines to get your ticket on game day. Yeah, and look, I know, I've heard you say it a little bit, Scott, and I'm in agreement with you. This is historically the biggest game in Cajun field history. And we need everybody in Lafayette out there. We need everybody in Acadiana out there. Um, it wasn't too long ago we were we were praying and hoping to get six wins to be a bowl-eligible team after a 40-year drought. And now we're hosting a Sun Belt Championship in our backyard. And, and the, these players, these coaches, There's they deserve confusion about to have how to support. protect yourself. Yep, sorry about that. We uh, popped no, off a commercial yeah. early there. All right, Richie Falgu, good stuff. I have no idea why. Oh, now I see what happened. All right. Well, Richie, on that note, we're going to let you go, my friend. I appreciate it. And um, enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll be listening to you. Again, pregame tomorrow is at 1230. Uh, The game kicks off at 230. ESPN, biggest game in the history of Cajun Field. Be there, and uh, it's going to be a big moment. And you want to send off Coach Napier with the one thing that has eluded him as the head coach at UL, and that is an outright conference championship, Richie. So hopefully folks show up and show out. Always a pleasure, Scott. Take care and good Cajuns. All right. Good stuff from Richie Falgo. Glad he called in. Got him in there at, uh, at the end there. Fixing something on the computer here and then bidding you guys adieu. I will see you out at Cajun Field tomorrow. I will talk to you guys on Monday. Uh, looks like a, a decision about who the next head coach could be for the Cajuns will come next week at some point, maybe early next week. And on top of that, you'll learn about the bowl games, where the Cajuns are going, where LSU is going, who's in the college football playoff. It'll be a busy weekend. And on Sunday, you don't have to get sad about the Saints because they're not playing, right? Right? 
Thanks to everybody who tuned in. TSPN Lafayette, I'm Scott Prather. Talk to you guys Monday, bright and early. TSPN Lafayette, best ticket in